Today on the Politicast, Birmingham, Alabama becomes a sanctuary city, protests break out at UC Berkeley, and the UK has begun the formal process of leaving the European Union. Today's first story comes to us courtesy of Fox 6 WBRC local in Birmingham, Alabama. On Tuesday, February 1st, the mayor of historic Birmingham, Alabama, William Bell, held a press conference discussing his views on sanctuary cities. During his press conference, he referred to the city, quote, as a welcoming city. He went on to say every individual who resigns, works, plays, or comes through the city will know they are welcome and have no fear in interacting with their municipal government in any way. Following the mayor's announcement, the city council passed a resolution affirming their support for the mayor's statement. So, there are a number of things wrong here. But there are two that really stand out. One, Alabama has laws on this issue already, and the laws are definitely not on Birmingham's side. By passing this resolution, the Birmingham City Council is in direct opposition to the state law, and the state governor, Robert Bentley, who has already had his fair share of political troubles throughout the past year, has already responded saying, quote, Alabama will not support sanctuary cities or institutions that harbor illegal immigrants and do not obey the law. Now, that's the first issue. Second, they have plans to set up a task force to, quote, ensure a safe, secure, and welcoming community for everyone promoting respectful relations and collaboration between community members and those providing public safety services. But here's the problem with that. The resolution doesn't create a law in the city. It is only a statement of support. So the city government is saying they're going to set up a task force for something that is not even a law and and, and is something that, that directly contradicts state and federal law. So they're setting up a task force to enforce this thing that they really don't even have the right to enforce. In other words, whether we like it or not, They're ramming this illegal nonsense down our throats. In fact, we don't even know who, if any, supported this bill. No one actually mentions any resident specifically who actually said they wanted this. Only that, quote, several residents spoke in support of the resolution. Yeah, that makes it real clear. Not. That's, 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 why, why are you so vague? If, If several residents, that's not even that many people. So, so where are you getting this from? Uh, continuing, the city council president, Jonathan Austin, responded to Governor Bentley's remarks by saying, quote, While the council did not pass any law in conflict with the state or federal government today, the governor has gone on record to say what the citizens of Birmingham already knew to be true. He has supported laws that have hurt Birmingham and not helped them. Okay, so let's break this down because there, there's actually a number of, of uh, falsehoods that, that Jonathan Austin um, said here. So let's, let's separate some fact from fiction in his quote. He said the council did not pass any law. Okay, I think this is the only thing he got correct here. It's like the only correct statement. The rest of it is, is just propaganda. Uh, and then he says right, the law, uh, they did not pass any law, quote, in conflict with the state or federal government. And that's where he's wrong. The resolution says, quote, The city of Birmingham will ensure equal protection, treatment, and representation of all persons without discrimination, including but not limited to. 
age, citizenship status, color, gender identity or expression, marital status, mental disability, national origin, physical disability, race, religion, religious observance, sexual orientation, and source of income level. Now, all of those are fine except for mentioning citizenship status. Because if they're not a citizen or they don't have permission to be here, meaning they don't have a visa or a green card, they have no rights, period. You as a city government do not have the power to say who can and can't receive that treatment. You're not that authority. You know, equal treatment under the law like you talk about, that should be following the law. And they're not citizens, so they don't get the equal representation. And then Jonathan goes on to say uh, that, that Governor Bentley supported laws that, quote, uh, hurt Birmingham, not help them. Well, you're wrong again. And they love to say this, and by they, I mean anyone who wants to spin and twist facts to prove their point. The law he's referring to is, is Alabama HB 56 which was a strict immigration law that, that passed uh, was passed by the state in 2015. Now, it was reported as a massive failure, but that's not true. As we've since found out, the, the media loves to report things uh, incorrectly. It actually worked extremely well. It forced illegal immigrants out, the crime rate went down, and the jobs market, it improved drastically. And that is until the Department of Justice, then under President uh, Barack Obama, leaned heavily for it to be gutted. Before it could have a lasting effect, it was rewritten to the point that it was toothless. Um, so no, the law didn't hurt any Alabamians. It was actually really good for Alabamians. And if you ask any average working class Alabamian what they thought of that law, they'll tell you that they loved it. It, it only um, dealt with the people breaking the immigration laws, which obviously we, we need to deal with. We have laws for a reason. Even President Barack Obama uh, said, we are a nation of immigrants, but we're also a nation of laws. Those same words were said by Bill Clinton. Uh, so so I think that's a little bit important that we need to keep in mind. We are a nation of immigrants, but yes, we are a nation of laws, and those laws must be followed. Moving on, um, protests broke out at UC Berkeley this uh, this weekend. Um, become ungovernable, or, or this is war. Uh, signs read, as protesters demonstrated at the University of California at Berkeley. An editor for Breitbart, Milo Yiannopoulos, which you, who you're probably uh, familiar with, was scheduled to speak, but the engagement was canceled after hundreds of protesters got involved. In fact, the school was even placed under a lockdown as the protest turned into riots. Why are we not surprised? When they didn't get their way, it turned into a riot. Chanting, shut him down, they broke windows of on-campus buildings, where have we seen this before? Oh, yes. We can name all of the places that has happened. Ferguson. We can name the inauguration. We can name when Black Lives Matter first got started. Oh, my gosh. There are so many instances where this has happened. And then they lit pallets on fire. Again, that's a throwback to the, to the inauguration where they were lighting trash cans on fire. And they even attacked police officers. Whoa. That's never happened before. Not... Now, violent gatherings such as this have become a staple of the far left, if you couldn't tell by my, uh, by my sarcasm there. They make trouble whenever they don't get their way. And in this case, they even resorted to destroying the university they paid to attend. 
let's think about this for a second. They pay their hard-earned money to go to a prestigious school just so they can destroy it? I, I even wonder how many of these students aren't spending their money, but maybe their parents' money. And on top of, of, of lighting fires and destroying buildings, they attacked police who are paid to defend them and keep them safe. And I don't think it takes a rocket scientist to, to realize that this is just about as backwards as it gets. It makes no sense. So um, over a over hundred of the college's faculty, these are, these are um, faculty at UC Berkeley specifically, uh, signed two letters to UC Berkeley's chancellor requesting that the event be canceled. Officials at three UC campuses, so these are officials at three other uh, University of California c- campuses, stressed that they're not supportive of free speech, um, which is why they allowed Milo Yiannopoulos to, to be scheduled a speech. Um, so Berkeley faculty aren't for free, free speech, apparently, but at least the higher-ups are. Uh, but it is important to note that the, that the the officials from the other from three other campuses stressed uh, that they do not, uh, however, endorse any of Milo's political views, which is good. They need to remain impartial, and in fact, I would argue that every college professor needs to remain impartial, especially including these hundred um, members of faculty at Berkeley that apparently argued that it should be canceled. Uh, so I don't. I I I think. Uh, I definitely have respect for the higher-ups at Berkeley, but not for the staff that wanted to be canceled because, yeah. But the controversy sadly doesn't end there. Yahoo News reported that, quote, about half of research at Berkeley is funded by the federal government according to the university website. So that means tax dollars, yours and my money, given to the government to improve this country, are going to a university that, that, number one, can't even control its students, and number two, is allowing violence against anyone who, who disagrees. This has many Americans rightly upset, and President Trump has even stepped on board with their frustration. He, he tweeted out a couple days ago saying, If UC Berkeley does not allow free speech and practices violence on innocent people with a different point of view, no federal funds. President Trump, rightly so, is suggesting that if the university can't clean up its act, they could lose their oh-so-precious government funding. Of course, the mainstream media is just going to say that it's all Trump's fault. You know, he's inciting violence by getting involved. No. The protesters destroying property, and property that they don't own no less, those are the ones inciting violence. And it makes sense. Whether you agree with Milo or not, our money should not be going to any institution that allows violence let alone violence against innocent people. Where is the outrage against this? I, I, I want to know because there, there should be outrage against this. Finally, we'll take a look at a story coming from across the pond at the UK. Wednesday, February 1st, uh, at the same time uh, that, that Birmingham um, had just become a sanctuary city and all of this stuff was breaking out at Berkeley, Wednesday, February 1st, the UK was doing something constructive. It's kind of nice to hear. Uh, we might not have been doing something constructive over here, but they're they're moving forward over there. 
Wednesday, February 1st, the UK's uh, House of Commons voted to advance a bill that gives Prime Minister Theresa May the power to invoke Article 50 of the Lisbon Treaty. And this is the official beginning of leaving the EU. The bill was passed by a very comfortable margin, 498 just to, to just 114. And now it will be sent to the UK's upper house, the House of Lords. Prime Minister May says she wants to officially begin Brexit by the end of March, and she is uh, scheduled to uh, publish a paper detailing her plan for how she will go about enacting the change Brexit will bring. Keep an eye out for that. I will be writing an article uh, covering her, her paper about what she wants to do. So uh, watch out for that on the website and on Apple News. All right, so invoking uh, Article 50 will give the UK two years to negotiate the terms of the deal. But there are concerns that the EU will attempt every jab it can at the UK. Former Chancellor of the Exchequer, George Osborne, was a vocal supporter of the Remain campaign. Even though his side lost the referendum, he says he will vote in favor of the bill, honoring the will of the people. And I just want to point out like how refreshing that is, that, that he is... Uh, putting aside his own political affiliations for the will of the people because they voted. Like, that is awesome. I, I wish we saw that more often in politics. However, he is concerned that the EU will seek large sums of money as part of the negotiations, and uh, he is quoted as saying, the negotiation will be a trade-off, as all divorces are, between access and money. Ed Miliband, former leader of the Labour Party, the opposition to the Conservative Party uh, in the UK, also expressed concerns about what this could mean for the future. He said, quote, I can go along with the Prime Minister that Brexit means Brexit, but I cannot go along with the idea that Brexit means Trump. Okay, I don't see where he gets that, but yeah, to each his own. He, and he continued to say, and nor do I believe that is inevitable, and nor do I believe that is what the British people want either. I don't see how you can say that you don't think that's what the British people want. Because they voted in the referendum and, and, and beat you. And then the parliament, or your, 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 I'm sorry, not the parliament, your House of Commons just voted a, with a, one with a huge margin to go ahead and, and pursue Brexit. So I really don't know where you have the idea that they don't want it. It, it doesn't make sense. It's, it's up to you to do what they won't. And this is a concept that Prime Minister May understands, but a couple other officials like Ed Miliband uh, don't don't seem to understand. In conclusion, Theresa May had uh, had this to say, quote, we gave the right of judgment on this issue to the British people and they made their choice and they want to leave the EU. And I think her words uh, sum things up very nicely. And I think that is a, a great note to end this episode of the Politicast on. I thank you for listening. Don't forget all of the sources where I pulled this information uh, are listed below. You can subscribe to the RSS feed here on the website so that you can get all of the, uh, the, the latest blog posts and the latest podcasts released. You can always listen to the, to the podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes. You can check out the Twitter page where I'm constantly sharing um, new data coming from, from what I'm recording, what I'm, what I'm reading, what I am writing uh, blog posts on. You can also find us on Apple News. And don't forget, if you really want to support this work, head on over to patreon.com forward slash the Politicast. Your support is greatly appreciated. And uh, yeah, I guess that about does it. Thanks for listening. <laughs>